Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday morning to you, gents. Well, hello. hello. Yes. Hey. Good afternoon. A whole new group of people to greet. How are you guys? We're very yeah, good. Do, doing really well. Enjoying Excellent. nice warm weather of the summer. That's right. And 
still alive <laughs> and still alive still covid free over here that's right. uh, that helps that does help Bless you, sir yes indeed this is andy i've got uh rob cabosco hello rob hello and Ocean Murph joining today on the Saturday Matinee. Hello, friends. This is a thrill to be chatting with the two of you on today's Saturday Matinee. How's uh, how's movie life? Obviously, there's no movie theaters, but uh, you guys catching up on any uh, any good binge watching or anything exciting while we're all uh, quarantined? Well, movie wise, I'm not really. There's not too much I'm catching up on because. I had the uh, fortune of watching Hamilton recently, so that seems to be on a loop mm. now at my home. So, so I'm not. So, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Hamilton. I finally showed it to my kids. My uh, youngest loved it, and my oldest was more lukewarm than I expected him to be. But it was still uh-huh. great, and it was, you know, it was a great experience. So, that's really from a movie standpoint where I am. I feel like that's probably true for a lot of households, where once that turns on, it just kind of continues going. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just keeps playing. Have you seen that yet, Rob? Oh, we did. We uh I only saw the first half because we had a we, we had a couple of uh, family members over but socially distanced, properly mm. masked in the backyard. We projected it. And I got I got cold in the pool and I had to go in. So I got to <laughs> still finish watching the rest of it. So, oh, okay. Um and I mean say when and I know people are like cold. What are you talking about? Is Arizona? It trust me at night you get out of the pool and it's, it's free. Yeah, when that wind is blowing it can get a little chilly. Yeah, I can't explain yeah. that. Um my movie so my movie binging this is going to be funny. One, it's We Bear Bears. It's what? So if you're not We Bear Bears, <laughs> which was a super popular animated series on Comedy Network or uh, Cartoon Network, sorry, uh, for about four seasons, it just ended last year, and they just came out with a digital release of the movie, which is the final chapter. It's it's one done by a wonderful uh, uh, creative called Daniel Chong. His he's done a really wonderful job telling this really funny story. If you haven't seen it, it's an adorable animated show about these three: a grizzly bear, a panda bear, and a polar bear. And they just have these wonderful experiences in San Francisco. The movie <laughs> was, was totally adorable. And we realized that my daughter and I huge fans of the show. And we've been binge watching the last fourth season on HBO Max. So we're almost done. I think we'll be done tonight. And nice. then we'll be We Bear Bears free. <laughs> moving, moving on to other things. Or you start over again, just like Hamilton. Just uh, no, the whole there, No, I want to see Hamilton again. There's so much more to see. So <laughs> we'll right. get there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've been, uh, you know, me and my lists, I always have just way too many lists to be plowing through. So I feel like I, I got to keep working on these lists. So my watching has mostly been trying to finish up lists of mine. And so I haven't really had a chance to watch you know, a whole lot of uh, just pleasure watching, but uh, I am enjoying going through my lists. You know, I've got all the stuff we're doing over on Instagram with all the the portraits of America movies that we are po- featuring every day over there. And uh, films that are um, made by, written by, or and or starring indigenous peoples of America. So that's been a really fun series to be going through. Um, plus, I'm you know trying to get ready for uh, some of our upcoming series that we have going on over on the next reel. Because uh, believe it or not, this is the last Saturday matinee before the show picks back up again. So. Wow. I don't know how our hiatus ended so quickly, but it did. So, um, yeah, I guess that's what happened. So, uh, yeah, we're I'm just kind of gearing up for getting more prep done than that. So, 
Um, not as much uh, other pleasure watching, but uh, and it's hard when I do these lists because then I try to get the family to join me, and you know it's you know hey do you want to watch this uh, <laughs> this obscure uh, obscure movie from Vietnam from uh, thirty years ago with me? Not not a lot of takers. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of fans jumping in. Not you know, <laughs> Hamburger not Hill. Hamburger Hamburger Hill gets a big down in the in the household. <laughs> right. You're like, like nah. eh. yeah. oh boy. Yeah, I know it's tough. My wife's. Can I? I just want to watch something that's a little schmoopy. Like, well, I don't know if this fits the schmoopy tone you're looking for. <laughs> you can watch Blue Bloods later. That's what I would tell my wife. But I'm like, just yeah. yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, so why haven't I heard of this squad? Experimental unit clone force ninety nine. The defective clones with the uh, desirable mutations. Ninety nine, eh? They call themselves the Bad Batch. We got some Star Wars news, huh? Oh, some really good stuff. So we've got the the Bad Batch animated series announcement for Disney Plus coming next year. Exciting. I will admit, as much as I talk Star Wars a lot, this is not something I I just never got into the Clone Wars. Oh. You know that whole, and I know I have to. That's a that's a binge that I've got to get to at some point. You're, you're not alone. I, no, you're, and I and I'm, uh, there's guys. so much good stuff out. I totally understand. But I did do the the read up on it, and okay, first of all, I mean it's Dave Filoni, so it's going to be good. Yeah, and I think this is an interesting uh, storyline or storylines to take and characters um, for Disney Plus. But I wonder when I was reading this announcement, I wonder because it's animated. How much of this is a result of COVID in that? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, here's the deal. We sent all the animators home with their boxes. Right. We can do, we can do, I mean, animated stuff now. Sure. You can keep productions of that. Just go. Everyone can record their voices from home and they can do all that <laughs> stuff. I wonder if that's, if that's what this is. If Is this a filler for the other shows that we haven't heard a lot about, except for one, which we'll get to yeah. in a second. Well, I would think that we would hear like. If that were the case, I'd feel like, you know, the what if animated series, that would be kind of picking up and moving a lot quicker. So it does make me want, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it is. Um, it just hasn't been announced or I, I just don't know. But I, I will say the fact that they're jumping back into the Clone Wars, I part of it, I think, also is just because. I mean, I, I, it sounds like I'm probably the only one here who's kind of watched the whole thing. I, and I only just finished like real recently. Mm -hmm. I started real late, but I, I, I started this journey of kind of chronologically watching the whole Star Wars saga, starting with episode one. And then I hit episode two, and then I had to watch the entire Clone Wars series <laughs> to kind of, <laughs> before I could get to three. And that really kind of put a, a stop on that for a very long time, uh, mostly because I would do it at the gym. Uh, because I could log into Netflix, watch it at the gym every time I was there, and then Netflix pulled it, and it's just like, ah, dang! So no more Clone Wars, uh, and so I finally finished it with uh, when uh, Disney Plus got it, and I got to say, the most recent season—I mean, it is better than well, I'd say any of the recent movies. It was like so solid. The storytelling right. was just top notch. Like I was in tears by the end of it. It was just so good. So definitely you guys have to watch uh, the clone wars. I mean, it starts, it starts very much like just an animated series. It's nothing too exciting, but uh, I just, I was so impressed with how they built that. So definitely check that out. The bad batch is an interesting group of clones who all were kind of faulty for one reason or the other. And so it's kind of this, this kind of squadron of these 
clones who were, you know, just kind of partnered together because of that. And so the fact that they're spinning a whole show off of them as they go and, and do missions and things after the Clone Wars are over, trying to figure out what the what the heck are we going to do now? I think it's really interesting. So I'm very intrigued with what they're going to do now. Of course, it does mean there's more programming that I have to squeeze into this whole uh, journey right. that I'm taking. I don't know if I'll ever finish. <laughs> Do you think now when I read this and you're familiar then with those characters and I have to admit, yeah. as I was reading about it, I went, oh, this sounds really good. You know what I got sort of a deja vu moment was is this sounds like like Filoni is really going back into the origins of Star Wars all the way to like Seven Samurai. Is that kind of what this is like? That's the story he's going to try and tell? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's quite like that. The Bad Batch, um, it's, it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be curious if they go that route. I think it's just this, I don't know. I feel like it's more going to be like, I don't know. The way that I read it is it's just like a group that's going on missions, like the A-team or something. You know, they're, they're just out there doing these various things. And obviously the way, that, I mean, certainly I hope the way that he built the Clone Wars uh, with such success, I hope that he's able to find a way to really um, create this show with the Bad Batch over the seasons where it has the same strength and storytelling that Clone Wars ended up developing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's quite going that route, but it would be interesting, certainly, to see if they could take it into a route like that, where it's kind of like there are these samurais that no longer, they're ronin, basically, who are just right. kind of now out there. That definitely is an interesting take. That's a better take than what I thought when I read it. When I looked at it, that they were taking each of these uh, you know, clones and, and giving them one extra special ability or special skill that was greater than the others. It, it, it caused me to start thinking, well, maybe they're trying to add to the force and, you know, provide characters that have ty a type of superpower, you know, where they can do one extra thing, you know, really well. And so they're like almost like a little team of superheroes in the galaxy far, far away. Yeah, they're not quite superheroes. They just have different different kind of mutations. Like there, there's Sergeant Hunter, who's the leader. There's Wrecker, who's just like really strong. And he's also like the assault specialist. There's Crosshair, who is uh, the sniper. Tech, who is very, very intelligent and very into tech stuff, obviously. And those guys, they, so it's not like they each have a superpower. It's just like they each have a strength, like, okay. you know, they're really smart or, or they're stronger or able to be a better sniper or whatever okay. it is. You know, the, it's kind of those sorts of okay. things. So, so it's not the X-Men are going to invade Star Wars universe. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, That's you know, where I thought it, we were exactly going with that. that. Because, you know, they have it, one extra gene. And yeah right. right. It would be interesting to see if they if they push it into a level beyond what they kind of painted it as in in Clone Wars. So yeah, who knows? Right. But it is interesting because I mean, just the Star Wars mythology. You have these clones, and then by the time you get to Episode Four, they're not clones anymore. They're now just people in right. stormtrooper outfits. So it's interesting when you get to this point where they're no longer manufacturing clones because they just didn't work out so well. What do all these clones that are still hanging around, what do they end up doing? So that concept of, you know, these guys like trying to, you know, make a living now, I, I think it's interesting. You know what else is interesting? Tell me. The, the rumors that Hayden Christensen has signed on for the Kenobi series. <laughs> Which I I was excited about this. Here's I, why I'm excited. Yeah. I will. Okay. First of all, it's and it's a rumor. I mean, it's obviously a rumor, but it has gotten legs. And this has been the the one the the article we're referencing just from the last couple of days. This it definitely seems like there is more to this. One Hayden Christensen, who 
I, you know, I think episode three is is actually pretty decent of the prequels. Yeah. I think episode two, there was other things going on that was inhibiting the performance in different ways. But I think this is a guy who definitely has weathered the storm of cr- critical, you know, badgering and trolling and has so remained pure to the to the to the um, franchise. I love the fact that he gets to return and add more to that to that character. And I just think that that story is awesome. However they do it, whether it's flashbacks, visions, I don't care, whatever. I think that as long as the, the story is is obviously good and I have every expectation that story is going to be well told. I love the idea of pairing him back with Ian McGregor. And I cannot wait to see that. I think that's going to be a huge thing when that hits Disney Plus. I guess I'm really curious about how you would do that effectively because the obviously if he's mm. if he's being Anakin Skywalker, then that means it has to be before the turn to Darth Vader. So you have to then take these you know actors that we've seen you know in episodes one, two, and three you know together, and then have them where they've aged now. You know they've aged now, and so then they're going to look older. But then return them back to flashbacks where it's a it's a younger time, and so it's really more. It seems to be like they're trying to flesh out more of the apprenticeship. And the and while right. I do like the idea, and I think it's a good idea to ha- you know for Hayden Christensen to come back and then to try to do something with these characters because they're great. I am also interested in how are they going to tie this into all that Clone Wars material. Right, you know, because while you know, while I oh, had right. not seen the Clone Wars, I did see enough of it or see enough about it to know that you know, in that in in the Clone Wars, Anakin has a different apprentice. Um, you know, he goes off and does his own things, and he, they're separated, and then they come back together, and and they seem to come back together around the time of Episode Three. And so, if they're you know, they don't have a large window of time to deal with where you could throw right. in new stories of Anakin and Obi Wan together. And that is where I'm. I'm really curious about: is it going to be more of a one-off or a series, or you know, how they're going to try to fit all all of the story you could create in that short amount of you know con- continuing? Right, right. No valid. I'm, yeah. I, I am curious about it because I mean, my understanding of the Kenobi show is that it is him while he's living on Tatooine, waiting while Luke grows up. That's that was kind of my sense of it. So it it would have to all be flashback material, and yes, then they would have to youngify everybody and. And that's an interesting thing. But the fact that they are, uh, there is going to be Ahsoka, uh, who is his apprentice in in the Clone Wars show, the fact that Ahsoka Tano is cast as, uh, I think, isn't it Rosario Dawson who's going to be playing her in Mandalorian Season 2? Right, right. The fact that she's in that makes me go, oh, I wonder if they're going to bring her into some of these flashbacks too, sure, which could exactly. be pretty interesting. So. So wait, so we're, so we're all in agreement. It's not going to be Tuesdays with Anakin. <laughs> we're basically <laughs> Kenobi's every Tuesdays making soup. They have the Force Ghost shows up and he's like, "Hey, let's oh, have soup." I love and then this. talk about some sort of flashback, and then yeah. and then they no. I'm just I kidding. don't know. I love that now. <laughs> that's great. That's that's part of our series of how we make things worse. No, don't do that. Nobody, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. I, I know uh, some of you guys are Rocky fans, and we've kind of touched on the whole Rocky franchise on the show. What do you guys think about this tweet that or this uh, Instagram post that Stallone sent out into the world? You know, I, I really feel 
that I shouldn't be, but I'm actually excited about a new director's cut of Rocky IV. You know, it is, of the Rocky movies, my favorite movie. I think it is the most rewatchable. Sure. You know, I recognize that if you were to objectively rate them, it may or may not be the best, but it's the best one for me. It has the best <laughs> soundtrack. I mean, it's basically, you know, three training sequences with a couple of fight scenes and, uh, you know, an odd death scene, right? And then that's, you know, but it's, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, I love watching it. I've, I've seen it, oh, I've seen it more times than I can count. And, you know, while, while I think, well, what could there be in a director's cut that I haven't already seen or what can they add to the story? You know, I find out that really, I, I don't care. I'm just going to watch it anyway, you know, because I, I think it'd be so entertaining. I think that's what Rocky fans in general are probably <laughs> going to do. But what a, I was just like, really? Because somebody asked him, uh, it was, a, I think, an Instagram, was he doing an Instagram live? I'm not exactly sure. But somebody asked him if he was going to do a director's cut of Rocky Balboa which he had directed. And he said, I'm not doing that, but I am doing a director's cut on Rocky four, which will be amazing with a whole bunch of exclamation points. And now everybody's like, does the studio know that he was talking about this? Did they come to him? Did he, has he said anything to anyone or is this just something he's looking to do? So who knows, but I am very curious um, for a film that has so much of just the training sequences and everything. It does make me wonder, is there more story or are we just getting extra training sequences? What are we actually going to be seeing more of? I, I'm hoping for a new training sequence. <laughs> a whole new one. Yeah, with some new, new, yeah, so new training sequence with the, some new music and then that, that's good enough. A whole new undiscovered 80s hit. I, I think <laughs> exactly. I, can, I agree. I think I can summarize my thoughts with this following stanza from the venerable song In the Burning Heart. In the warrior's code, there's no surrender. <laughs> Though his body says stop, his spirit cries never. Yeah. <laughs> okay, says it all right all, there. Listen, listen. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to leave it. Boom, done. No, it's obviously, yeah, anybody who loves this movie and everybody loves this movie, give me whatever you got. All I would say is that instead of director's cut, they should call it the Balboa cut. <laughs> like, make it super met. Like, say, no, this is Rocky cut this, and this is his version. Do That's something. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. Doctor, what is this? Were you guys a fan of uh, the movie Daryl when it came out in the 80s? No, I, I missed all robot movies in the 80s that didn't star Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, <laughs> Data analyzing robot youth life form. Daryl's an experiment in artificial intelligence. Holy shit. He's a robot? He's more than that, Turtle. He's a lot more. I watched this a lot when I was a kid because, uh, you know, who wouldn't when you're a kid and it's a movie about a robot kid and just the whole idea was just uh, fascinating to me. Um, and it featured uh, uh, what's the kid's name who played it, who played the robot, who is like I think my my uh, childhood uh, alter ego when I was a kid because he was in like every kid movie at the time. Aaron um, Oliver, yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, who just I mean, yeah, I just I, I loved him. I loved uh, and he, yeah, he's one of those kids who kind of totally disappeared. But uh, I just loved him, and I loved this movie. And the fact that I find out that they're making, and it sounds so funny. At first I read this, and I'm like, oh, that's, 
of why would they be dipping into i mean it's not like it's probably a good movie but still it's like an odd well to dip into but then i read the log line a half hour comedy that picks up where paramount's 1985 feature left off what if a top secret 10 year old human weapon grew up to be a 44 year old guy just trying to keep up with a world that he was never designed for and what if the story morphed from an 80 sci-fi adventure movie about a child with a computer in his skull into a single camera comedy starring Tony Hale? The boy everyone wanted has become the man no one needs in the TV adaptation no one asked for. <laughs> I was like, Can I add? Sounds you great. know what? Not, so, and having, not starring Adam Sandler. Right. Because everything you just said right up until the end was like, and starring Adam Sandler. No. Yeah. <laughs> So having not seen the movie, was was the movie a comedy? No, that's what it, it's like. It, it is a kid's like uh, a sci-fi action adventure movie about this kid who is this like uh, robot human hy- hybrid or something. He's a weapon and uh, he's just, you know, it's it's a story about him trying to, I can't even really remember what it's about. I'm talking as if I really remember the movie, but I just know he was a robot kid and uh, he, the government's chasing him. Um, yeah. And so he's trying to okay. like go back and have a normal life or something like that. I can't remember. And I may be totally wrong in this, but the reason why I didn't see it, because if I remember correctly in the mid eighties, instead of that movie, I just wanted to watch war games again on VHS because <laughs> war games comes out like, like what? 83. This comes out 85. This was, 85, like I, yeah. this was very much trying to take off the success of war games. I think. At least that's I remember vaguely remember the the vibes I got from it, but yeah, well, I don't know. But after reading that synopsis, I'm like, you know what? I am totally totally down. It sounds like the the exactly sort of goofy Tony Hale comedy that that I I need apparently. So there can be only one. Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo. But that's not the only '80s remake. <laughs> Who's a Highlander fan here? Well, the, the Highlander reboot, I, the, I'm a Highlander fan. I, I really, I liked Highlander 1. I, I even liked Highlander 2, The Quickening, much more than I really should have. <laughs> you know, I thought it was a good time and I really enjoyed it. Like John Connery, you know, being acting over the top. And, you know, I just think that Christopher Lambert is uh, the greatest B-movie actor of all time, <laughs> right? You know, and so in, in Highlander, which you know the first one, I think that was just accidentally good, and then in the next, in the sequels, they returned to form of the B movies that Christopher Lambert usually makes, and so I I really find that I enjoy them all. I look forward to a reboot. I think that um, with the reboot, I'm going to want Christopher Lambert in it, you know, and so but you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with the story because there's there's a lot of interesting you know mythos you can do with you know stories that are immo- with characters that are immortal. Right. And you can constantly, you know, and, and, and as they did in the sequels, you can constantly reboot the wheel where, you know, they all kill everybody but one. And then for some reason, another one comes back and then they just have to restart, restart it again. But when, when you have immortal characters, you can do a lot of things with it. You can do deep stories, you know, about living long, loving people having loss, or you can do, you know, just straight, you know, slasher, kill everybody because that's fine because they're just going to you know, regenerate and go back and everyone lives again later. And so I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do with it, but I I want Christopher Lambert in it badly. Well, he has returned for a number of the sequels. So it's entirely possible he will come back. Uh, Chad Stahelski from the uh, John Wick franchise is uh, currently attached but you know what this has been a project kicking around since 08 justin lynn and dave batista were attached in the past so who knows it may all fall through again it may not turn into anything Um, are you are you a highlander fan 
Rob. I think I saw the original. It's just not my. Yeah, it wasn't something I I got into. Yeah, but I mean, I, yeah. when I saw this and I read this, I thought, wow, are you? Is it is it just is again is it the oh the Witcher like all the things that are you know seem similar and I know it's not but you know th- they just have the same vibe is that just the general progression of like okay let's see what what properties can we re- resurrect yeah. and that's what seemed that's what I got from this so we'll see I mean I, Lambert has to be in it I would say that yeah I don't see how Absolutely. you can't do that well it had it. what four movies a TV series and an animated series. Uh, or it might be five movies. Um, yeah, I, I, tons. So I, I, it's one that obviously they're always welcome or they're always happy to go dip back into the well. So I'm, I'm just, I won't, wouldn't be surprised if that one comes back at all. Um, but I would be surprised if, if Fletch returns, uh, that's an interesting one, especially the direction they're taking with it. Uh, having John Hamm, in the role that Chevy Chase had created. I mean, obviously it's based on the series of books, but still right. uh, interesting, interesting choice. what do you guys think of this? How come we're not getting a spies like us reboot? We're spies like us. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, Fletch. <laughs> this, and I realized there is more to it than just the Chevy Chase stuff, but uh, that's not, that is not something that came up on the top of my head that it's time to redo. <laughs> It's just, no, I don't understand. Well, yeah, I always viewed Fletch as really kind of a quirky Chevy Chase vehicle. Yeah. You know, when, when I saw it as a movie, I didn't I didn't realize that they were from books or any other source material. I thought that, you know, they took his, you know, his comedic timing and his comedic presence and said, hey, let's make a quirky movie that will work with him in the lead. And, you know, that's what happened with Fletch. And then they made a wrong turn with Fletch Lives, but they were still really kind of going about doing the same thing. And so, you know, having John Hamm do it, I mean, he, he, I had not known him to be funny in any thing and so you know, i could be missing something but then he's, that he's, sounds like they yeah. want to make fletch into a serious character he's which, been funny in a few things i, I, I oh no I, he can yeah, yeah. He, i mean in bridesmaids okay, well, he was pretty funny um uh i'm trying to remember what else he's really kind of had the comedy chops but i know there's been a few other opportunities for him i could see no, i could see yeah, him yeah. doing it i could see him doing it i just it, it, he doesn't seem like and maybe it's totally a different tone although with uh who is it um Matala's directing it, right? Uh, is that who it was? I'm trying to find find it now, but it was, um, uh, you know, they're definitely. It sounds like they're still going for that yeah. same comedic angle with it, like real strong comedic angle. And Chevy Chase was just, it was such like a Saturday Night Livey tone for it. And I can see, right. yes, I can see Ham doing comedy, but with that same like. Saturday Night Live tone, I'm not quite sure. So that that was like, huh, okay, that's interesting. Well, they also could be taking advantage of the fact that that you know, since Fletch came out in 1985, you have a a large a large segment of the population that you know did not grow up yeah. with grow up with Fletch, may not have seen it, and so you could be introducing these character this character to a lot of people. So that allows you to modify the the comedic vibe. So it's then not a Chevy Chase comedy, but more of a you know, I don't know. The more straightforward comedy, you know, a different character was not as quite as slapsticky. So, yeah. you know, it, it could potentially work, but I, I know I, for one, was not looking for this. <laughs> I, I love though that you, you actually mentioned Fletch Lives. I forgot that existed. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Jeez. You, well, I am envious of your ability to blot that out. Of uh, yeah, no, I, wish I, I could do the same. I didn't think it was that bad. I just thought they went in a totally different direction with it. And it, right. I, I, I thought it was fine, but you know, it wasn't one that I 
returned to. You know, honestly, with the with the success of Knives Out, it does make me think, you know, they're probably looking for more of those kind of whodunit sort of mysteries to to yeah. capitalize cool. on that popularity of that because they're always doing that. So that might be another thing that's pushing this out there. But, I mean, John Hamm's a huge fan of Fletch. I mean, he said that was the movie he'd seen more than any other. So, it you know, I, I don't know if that makes it a better or worse choice, but... Eh. Let's talk trailers, guys. I guess, I guess I get to go first. I got mine in there first. And nobody has an A24 or a red band. So, guest of honor is the trailer that I picked this week. And largely it's because director Adam Agoyan, I think, is a fairly interesting Canadian director who's done some films that, you know, he's he's one of those directors that I'm like, you know, he he directs kind of quietish sort of films that aren't always my cup of tea, but um, The Sweet Hereafter and Felicia's Journey were two that I really uh, enjoyed quite a bit. I thought those two were pretty strong. And then honestly, I've I've kind of skipped a lot of his stuff, but... I'm always curious about what he's up to. This is this is a story about a food inspector who, uh, yeah, he you know David Thewlis uh, plays a food inspector and he's going around checking restaurants and stuff. But clearly, there's a darker thing going on. Something peculiar with his daughter who seems to have gotten involved in some sort of crime. Uh, sounds like it was a sexual assault crime, and she's in jail for it. Uh, the trailer kind of keeps the mystery pretty close to the chest, doesn't really get into it too much, but it, I don't know, made it look really interesting. The way the trailer plays look really interesting. But I will tell you, Rotten Tomatoes, 36%. And over at Metacritic, 50%, um, that is not very high. Makes me a little nervous about this one. Uh, it's at a 5.5 on IMDb, so it doesn't even um, crest the six-star rule. Um, but I, t- I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is something I'll watch, but I do love David Thewlis. I think he's a really interesting actor. I'm a food inspector. I spend my days going from restaurant to restaurant, making sure that things are up to standard. Some of you may have heard about my daughter. What happened to her? What kind of home must she have come from? Well, I can tell you she came from a very loving family. My goodness, how can a woman do something like that? We have an hour for dinner before we need to leave. You want to join me? Where's everyone going? Wouldn't be everybody, just be the two of us. Well, well, I hadn't heard of the movie until I saw the saw this trailer, uh, and so I it, it looks like it, it's a very interesting, well acted movie. Um, and also, it sounds like with the story, it sounds like he, you know, he is a food inspector, but he's playing a guy that he thinks he's a good parent, and then you know he has to come to find out that he's not. Yeah. And so it sets up a good, you know, a good mystery as far as not only what the crime was, which they did keep that close to the chest, why the daughter's in jail, but then also their relationship with each other. And but I did find that. Um, when I was looking up this and I IMDb'd it, the first thing that came up was a short of the same name that came out. Uh, and it, it had this, and this was the short synopsis. A devout Nazi oversees a group of taste testers for Hitler. Ooh. And after that, everything else I saw, I thought, well, now I think he's a Nazi too. <laughs> So, that's, so when I when I see it, I expect him to not only be a bad parent, but to also be a <laughs> That's a much darker tone that's definitely not hinted at in this trailer at all. <laughs> wow. Interesting. I don't know what to say on that one. That's amazing. 
Uh, you know, the thing, well, I'll tell you what, no, I mean, I was intrigued. I mean, it, it's, it's got a, here's the deal. I've never seen a movie make a food inspector look more interesting mm. and brooding and mysterious. So you, you got me there. Um, but okay. Just very interesting to find out what the, I'm intrigued by these, these, these shows and these movies that put out a, uh, you know, some sort of horrific crime and then you're trying to put the pieces together. And I like the fact that it's not very evident what exactly happened. There's enough to hint you at it, but there's obviously more to it. And then I had no idea what to say when I saw Luke Wilson show up as a priest. <laughs> right. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, who doesn't appear to be part of the crime. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay. Well, then we got to find out what happened. Yeah. No, very curious. It'll be interesting. Uh, this is a film that uh, has been released already. Um, it's streaming, and it, it actually came out July 10th. So uh, here in Canada and the U.S., I think over in the U.K., I think it already had come out. But um, it's one of those movies that companies are kind of releasing. This is Akino Lorber had released this. And actually, if you go to their Kino Marquee website, this is one of the movies that you can watch there on their site. You can log in, watch it there, and by doing so, you can pick a theater, a local theater, a local art house theater specifically, and uh, you can basically support that particular theater by uh, by watching it um, through this. So that's a great opportunity to kind of actually watch a movie through this, which I didn't even know Kino was doing this. Um, so you can just jump to Kino Marquee, not just for this movie, but a bunch of other of their movies that they have and actually pay to watch it and then um, uh, have your money go toward supporting local art house theaters that are struggling right now. My trailer that I chose is Tijuana Jackson, uh, Jackson Purpose Over Prison. Um, so I, uh, when I first saw the movie, basically the the, the trailer has presents the movie as a uh, Tijuana Jackson is a uh, a, a foul mouth. I'd like to think of him as ne'er do well uh, uh, prisoner, and he's he's getting out of prison, and he has decided that once he is out of prison, what he's decided is he wants to change his life and become the world's greatest motivational speaker. And so then he goes about trying to then convince other people to, you know, to, to improve their lives and, and to be better, while at the same time, uh, always constantly, you know, cracking jokes and doing stupid things, um, contradicting himself, saying that he's going to be uh, ahead of the things and above everything else, and then still asking people for money, uh, trying to do, get his relationships right with what I presume from the trailer is his baby mama and his son that has probably been estranged, has been estranged from him since he's been in prison, and at the same time trying to, you know, foster a good, healthy relationship with the parole officer. I'm really just following my calling being a motivational speaker. Last I checked, you were the subject of a 10-minute student film, not the Green Mile. You can't get this kind of respect unless you were G, huh? I'm gonna miss that, Y'all edit that out. Have you contacted your family? Y'all kidding, right? My family probably waiting for me outside right now. Maybe here. It stars uh, Romani Malco, and he's you know very funny in the trailer, and it's a very humorous movie. And I I think that for me, I just looked at it like it looked like a real nice 
comedy to you know distract you from everything that's going on because it's a outlandish bombastic uh you know comedy and so therefore this looked funny i thought it would be interesting and i really liked you know one of the when the studio heads said that you know their movie was made by, is being made by cranked up studios and they said that they had to make the movie independently because no one in their right mind would get behind such an outrageously controversial character mm-hmm. and that says a lot about cranked up and that was them complimenting the studio and so you know when it says all the those things, I think. I think to myself, well, this will be something that's different and entertaining, and you know, give me a good laugh, and you know, not make, take my mind away from the real world for about ninety minutes. So, what did you guys think of the trailer? Oh, I thought it looked very, very funny. I thought his interactions with the parole officer uh, were hilarious, and I love Romani Malco uh, all the way going back to the forty-year virgin, forty-year-old uh, virgin. He's one of the co-workers of Steve Carell's. Uh, I just thought this looked yes, great. Please. I thought this totally looked funny. Yeah, he is uh, one of those guys that, uh, you know, he does great when he's in bit parts and here, you know, writing and directing also. I just, I, I love seeing what he's doing here. And this character, just the way that he would deliver his lines was just so spot on perfect. And it's tricky. It really is tricky doing that kind of mockumentary style, you know, trying to kind of balance the, uh, you know, this whole sense of I'm, I'm being filmed and I'm acknowledging that the camera is actually the camera of the person who's following me make this this documentary or this story that I'm doing. Um, so, I, but I think he handles it well. And so, I, I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see how it plays out to see if it's as funny as the trailer made it look. And is it a YouTube? What It's a YouTube rental or how does that work? So it is being released July 31st and it says on their website that it's being released digital and limited. Oh. So really in, in, a, in a real... Uh, poor set of, I think, poor action of marketing on their part. They're not really saying where exactly it is. You can pre-order it uh, starting July 24th on iTunes, oh. uh, you know, on iTunes and on Apple TV, and you'll be able to see it there. Uh, but they're not really saying where it's going to be streaming. But it'll be available uh, digitally, and you know, it says limited as in a limited release. But you know, with theaters in the current state that they're in, I, I think you know, limited could be maybe they get it to a drive-in somewhere. That you know, because dry, some drive-ins are are open now, so you can maybe have it there and then just go straight to streaming. Yeah, it will be a fun one, that's for sure. All right, Rob. So I've got a it's a Netflix movie coming out August fourteenth. It's called Project Power. Uh, stars Jamie Fox, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, a uh, whole bunch of other great Courtney B. Vance, a uh, bunch of other great characters. I'm going to just admit this right off. I had a, I had a, a trailer thinking that I was going to use for this week, Kyle early in the week text me and he goes you got to make this your trailer <laughs> so i went and watched the trailer and i went oh yeah i'm totally gonna make this my trailer two things okay so three things actually first thing is it's a superhero movie and it's the take a pill become a superhero genre of movie kind of in the the looks like the genre of like a chronicle or you know you know trying to put these things in real world gritty action of what is going on with that and kind of like what's the bradley cooper film limitless you know, again, the whole concept yeah. of the pill. Here's the two things that got me about that. Well, th- 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 I'll go back to the three things. One, Netflix is getting a lot better. Their production values. Agreed. This Agreed. trailer looked like a full-blown cinematic movie. And I know, you know, they've done other stuff. No, like you totally, I expected this. This is a movie that has a vibe. You just expect this to be in the theaters. Obviously, notwithstanding everything that's going on. Uh, number two... Okay, and I when I watched it the first time and I went, wait, is that Casey Nestat in one of the scenes? And it is. He's a, he's credited in the cast. 
And if you don't know who Casey Neistat is, he's been a, a famous video blogger, tech blogger for years, has done all of his different work. He's got an office, a business he started in New York City. I mean, he's just, a, you know, he was one of the unbox people, like when that was all becoming a big deal. He, he's in the movie, which I thought, well, that's odd. And the third thing is, is that, okay, so I mentioned all these other movies that it's you know, had the vibe of. The thing that got me interested in is that, okay, so you take a pill, you get superpowers of some kind. They last five minutes. And that's where you had me. Because I'm like, okay, that's not a long time. <laughs> like, that's not, well, I mean, whatever you're doing, you can, you've got to have a plan. And so I, I think I'm, in, I'm interested just because it's a great cast and it just looked I mean, it looked rich. This looked like something that a major studio has produced. So we'll see what happens. Power, power, speak a little loud. If there was a pill, that could give you five minutes. It's really so they get it. I'm embedded with the power. Pure power. I'm embedded with the power. Would you take it? So often you see these sorts of stories getting made, uh, not just by Netflix, but a variety of different people. And it, but it's based on a graphic novel or, or something similar. And to find out that this is actually a spec script, it's really exciting that you have this kind of original concept here. Uh, I, you know, the fact that uh, Ariel Schulman and Henry Joost are directing it gives me a little bit of, hmm, okay, that's an interesting pairing. Because, I mean, they're the guys behind Paranormal 3 and 4. They did Nerve, though, which is uh, kind of an interesting uh, uh, thing that makes me feel like, okay, this is kind of along the same lines. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm real curious about this one. I know this is potentially the film board movie for August, uh, pending oh. um, the yeah. the continued lack of films in theaters. So, well, I had the same uh, impression that you uh, that you had, Rob, about it that it looked more like a studio movie right. film, right? And, you know, and I was surprised to see that it it looks like it was always. I was surprised to learn that it was always set to go to Netflix because yeah. it it looked like a movie that they made that they were going to release in theaters, and then COVID happens, and then they they start scrambling, saying, well, "What can we do with this?" And they get Netflix to pay for it. Uh, but yes, the, the Netflix really has stepped up their game to put out something that, at least from the trailer, looks like this type of quality. And, and you know, and I'm I'm a sucker for just about anything Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. is in. So, you know, he and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So I really think that the two of them look great. The 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 preview looks amazing, and I really am looking forward to seeing it. Nice. Yeah. When's it open? August 14th. August 14th, or when's it open? When's it, when does it release, I should say? August, <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> right, all the right. same now. It's all the same, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. In open, theaters in, in your living room. In your living room, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> For those of you who have listened to the IMDb game, uh, IMDb, for each person, 
on their site, they list um, four movies uh, for that particular person that they say that that person is known for. It's their little known for list. But it's always kind of uh, curious what they're putting on there. So I said, hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's play a little, uh, little bit of this and uh, see what you guys can do. I've got some names. So no peeking, no looking at IMDb right now. I'm going to throw some names from our trailers for you guys to, uh, to guess. And we're going to start with... Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Give me some movies that you guys think IMDb says he is known for. IMDb also includes the TV show, so I would think Third Rock from the Sun would be on there as well. Okay. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises, I'm assuming, just because of relevance. It's because of how big it how was. How big it was. And maybe, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, the Bruce, the, the Bruce Willis, Looper. Okay. What was the movie where he had cancer? Um, there was one of he and Seth Rogen, and he, oh. he had he had cancer. Um, so I, I don't remember the name of that movie, but I think I, I would think I was maybe that one, that one you know, or the Lookout because he's in that. But there's the movie where he has cancer, right? Right. And I just can't. I'm blanking. On okay. The name of it. Okay. So okay. So is that what you guys want to go with? We're sort of going Third Rock from the Sun. I can't remember the second one you said. Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight Rises, Looper, and the Cancer movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The cancer movie. Well, I'll tell you. Yes. You are fifty-fifty, which is the name of the movie that you're looking for. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. You're right there. Uh, the, yeah. You. I'm really surprised that you guys uh, didn't say this one. Inception is the number oh. one film oh. for him, followed by Looper. So good job with that one. Third one, Don John. That's kind of an interesting one, but he directed it, so maybe that's uh, why right. that one is in there. And it had, it had Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Right, there's a few reasons why. Yeah. And then 50-50 is <laughs> the fourth one on the list. So you guys did good. You got 50-50. Right. Way to go. All right. Next up, yeah. let's look at Jamie Foxx. What do you guys think that they have on his list? Well, Ray. Yeah, I was just going to say Ray. Okay. Yeah, Ray, of course. Um, do you think Django Unchained would be big enough well, for him? Because I hope it's not the amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! Uh, <laughs> yes, that. Oh, jeez. Um, he had a supporting role in Ali, but that really is more of a Will Smith movie. Um, I didn't even remember collateral that one. was the oh, one he did with Tom Cruise. Yeah. But that also is really, I think, of more of Tom Cruise with that. Um, so, you know, I, I, so I'm definitely sticking with Ray. Um, and then, I don't know, Django Unchained, you know, they might throw you for a loop and have booty call in there. You know, <laughs> they first, do like to throw you for loops. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They throw you for loop and put, include booty call in there. Would a living color still be relevant for him? Cause he's really more of a movie actor now than yeah. TV. So I know like if you look at Jim Carrey and living color wouldn't be on there. So even though it's where he got to start, you know, I don't, I don't know that in Living Color would still be top four. So, uh, but I've been talking too much, Rob. Which, what do you think? Amazing Spider-Man 2. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you're still going there. <laughs> I'm going to be funny. Yeah. No, Ray is so, definitely on the list. Uh, okay. So um, let's, so let's, we got yeah, go Ray. So, There's, that's one that you guys agree on. I also go Django yeah. Unchained. Okay. Django. I, I seen better. Um, There's that movie he made with Russell Crowe, The Law Abiding Citizen. Um, I don't know if that was, that that really was big enough. Russell Crowe. Uh, like, what do you think, Rob? No. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't, I vaguely remember yeah. that. So, okay. so then probably not that. Um, so, yeah. So, let's go with Ray, Django Unchained. Do you have any other? other, other no, other, I'm what? Yeah. No, no, no. Rob? So, then just might as well do Ali. Okay. And the, the, the fourth one is going to be a movie that he was a star that should have been good that was bad, like <laughs> Stealth. 
Um, stealth. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's be something like stealth. Words. Stealth. Like you, you know. So yeah. So um, yeah, Ali, and then do I, I don't know. Col- you want to do? You want to do stealth yeah, or collateral? Uh, uh, collateral. Don't do collateral. Collateral. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So collateral. Ray, Django, you, collateral, and. Oh, Ali. Ali. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, you got, uh, you're 75% there. And actually, you said the other one, and but see, if you went with it, you would have had all four. Uh, Ray, for sure. Django Unchained is second. Collateral, number three. Fourth, it's Law Abiding Citizen. Not with oh. Russell Crowe, but with Gerard <laughs> Butler. That's who you were trying to think that of. That was Gerard so, Butler. Okay. Yes, yeah. indeed. So. They're, they're interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of movies that you can go either way. Wow. Okay. Oh, I know. No, I know. stealth. I Totally forgot about that movie. Little side note: You know what's really amusing yeah. about Stealth? What's the pictures that? of the airplanes, the the fighter jets that they made for that movie, mm-hmm. still make their rounds as part of fake news as actual photos of like super secret um, U.S. fighter jets. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there's a whole story you can find out about that. Like, there's people who are like, like, look at how awesome our technology is. Check out this fighter, and it's a picture of the mo- the prop plane on like the deck of an so aircraft funny. carrier, and it's like. Oh my God! <laughs> you know that means we're not too far off from people posting Iron Man pictures and saying, "Look what the government's developing." <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. There you go. Oh dear. All right. Next up, we've got let's let's look at Romany Malco. Romany Malco. Can you guys? Uh, what do you guys think of his career? He's well, forty year old virgin. Forty year old virgin. Okay. Sure. Uh, the Tijuana Jackson is a short first, so that's probably going to be on there as well. And I'm now I'm kicking myself because I I saw this. Uh, yes, and I uh, you know, saw this like the other day, and then just you know <laughs> went past it. Um, There's I, I will say he's done so, he's done a he's, good number of TV shows. Yes, yeah, he's more TV than there's, uh, than movies. So there's, I will tell you that uh, definitely <clears throat> there's some TV on here. Yeah, oh, okay. if you can think so of TV for him. Well, this this is and it's 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 upsetting that I should I should remember this and I just don't. This is a this is a tougher um, one for sure. Do you guys want me to just do you want to guess or do you want me to give it to you? A million little things. He's on a million. He is little on things. that. That is correct. So he is on that. Yeah. He's on the million. So yeah. So so we do forty year old version. A million little things. Um, the Tijuana Jackson short, which I'll just go with that. And I don't have a fourth. Do you have no. a fourth? I lost it, and I and I looked all his stuff up. I, yeah. yeah, I forget. Yeah, no, I did the same thing. I looked it up and I was like, there's a lot of, you know, he had a few things here and there that I've seen and then there's a lot of other work. So well, what, what, what are the, the TV show that, uh, that they say he is more known for than a million little things is of course, weeds. Oh, that's a pretty big one in, in right. his yeah. career. Yeah. That's number one, 40 year old version. Number two, a movie think like a man is number three, which I believe was kind of the, uh, isn't that the kind of the re-gendering uh, of what women want. I believe that's what that was. Uh, yeah. And then last but not least is, is a movie I was like, ah, I wouldn't have pegged him I, I, for being in it, but I just, it wasn't a movie I was interested in seeing. But you're so focused on the four guys that it's about Last Vegas with Michael Douglas, Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, oh, Kevin Klein. Oh. Um, I, I didn't even know he was in that one. So there you yeah. go, Last Vegas. Yeah. Again, they're always throwing these weird things in there like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, huh, okay. All right, last one, guys. David Thewlis, British actor. Uh, he's been in some huge, huge movies. He's also been in a lot of really small indie movies. Wait, you mean it's not all the Harry Potter films and Wonder Woman? 
<laughs> we just don't. I just go with that. All the Harry Potter films and Wonder Woman. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> but how many Harry Potter movies has he been in? No, yeah, because he hasn't been in all of them. Um, when does Lupin show up? Uh, he starts in the third one. That's where right. he kicks in, right? Prisoner of Azkaban. And then doesn't he? Does he get it in? No, he doesn't get it in Half Blood Prince. No, he gets it in like the the for part one. No, does he? He's in most of them. He's in a good number. He's I will say number. he's in a good number of them. I'm I'm going to go with Wonder Woman, but I don't remember who is he in Wonder Woman. He's the bad is, guy. It, he's the bad guy. Before you find out, he's the bad guy. Before, he's yeah. the oh, okay. yeah, he's yeah, the, yeah, yeah whatever he's whatever the original. He's the original bad guy before right. he becomes a. He's a, the prime he minister or whatever or the yeah. head of the Sir Patrick, and then he becomes. Right. I can't remember what his evil god name is, but uh, it's the god of war. He's Mars, right? Is that what he? <laughs> no, no, it's. <laughs> He's not, not Mars. Ares. Yeah. Ares. They're, they're, they use the Greek, the Greek oh, okay. gods, not okay. the Roman ones. Yeah. So he's Okay. Ares. So, so you've got Wonder yeah. Woman. You've got, uh, got Wonder Woman. And then are you, what are you just like saying the rest of them are Harry Potter? Is yeah. That I'm going to say, I'm going to say Half Blood Prince for sure. Half Blood Prince, Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm going to just pick those two. I okay. Don't know. Hmm. That, yeah. All, all I've got is Wonder Woman. So I'm, I'm with, I'm with you. <laughs> So we'll just okay. yeah, things okay. those three. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, <laughs> film, the the film that he's probably most known for before he uh, kind of uh, turned into uh, kind of the Harry Potter guy is the the Mike Lee film Naked from 1993. That was a very uh, oh. uh, very Mike Lee film that he did. That's his number one, and I think that really put him on the map, especially in indie movies at the time. Second up, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part. Two. Oh, part two. He made it all the way to part two. He did make it okay. to part two. Right. Third, the remake, the 2006 remake of The Omen. Go figure. Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> Last but not least, Wonder Woman. So, okay. uh, so you're 50%. Right. 50%. <laughs> So we peaked at Jamie. Yeah, right. I guess That's so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, wow. man. I tell you, IMDb yeah. always throws some strange things in there. You're like, huh? Okay, I wouldn't have pegged that. Good uh, for them. The other, <laughs> the other big thing that uh, David Thewlis did was, uh, of course, he was the villain in uh, Dragonheart, the original 1996 oh. film. So, oh, what a great that soundtrack for that movie. Oh, isn't it great? It was phenomenal. Yes, indeed. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a busy guy, been in a lot of stuff. And currently, he's super tied up um, in New Zealand in quarantine with James Cameron and team because they are currently filming Avatar 2 and 3. Who knows when he will leave? He may be in New right. Zealand for the rest of his life filming those movies. Well, at the pace they're going, Avatar will come out in uh, 2030. <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah, he'll exactly. be there for a while. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's get our list. Let's jump into the lists. What do you say? Let's do it. So over in uh, the Discord group, they put the poll up and uh, everybody wants to hear us talking about uh, big business failures. Apparently, um, Quibi was big on the conversation block last week and uh, everybody voted for big business failures pretty much. <laughs> that uh, is uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I guess I'm going to kick it off. I got to tell you, I went a lot of different directions with mm -hmm. this um, because I feel like it's one of those things that you can kind of tweak to fit anything. And so, um, boy, I tell you, I, I guess I'm going to go with, uh, for my first pick, I would say that this is a really great 
film about uh, failing business. And it is, of course, when you uh, decide to uh, use genes and uh, recreate uh, some dinosaurs to create an amusement park, <laughs> only to have them actually uh, eat the tourists, as we see happen in Jurassic Park. Um, that is quite the big business failing there. Uh, so that's my first pick, Jurassic Park, the original. I tell you, again, you're going all sorts of directions with this list. No, I totally agree. Oh, just wait. No, you're right. No, right. no that's a great, that's a totally great pick. Sure, I can I can jump in and do, yep, do go my for first yep. one. Um, so, yes, I, I did go a little bit of a different direction with the big business uh, failure. So then the movie that, that I chose is a movie about the, that basically where you envision that you are the man in charge of a multi-million dollar illegal operation called The Outfit. And it's thriving and is running all illegal activity in New York City. And you decide to let a new recruit join your organization, well, only if they pay you a tribute of $130,000. So, but once he's in, you then find out that over half of that money was stolen from a man named Porter. Now, you could easily make this money go away by giving him the $70,000 in cash that he's asking for, and then he will then go off into the sunset and leave you alone. But instead, you choose option B, which is to just ignore him and say no, and then he goes through and kills several of your employees and all of your middle management, and then ultimately you. And then your entire business is now crumbled to the ground. And I am talking, of course, about that classic movie Payback, starring Mel Gibson, Mario <laughs> Bello, Bill Duke, Greg Henry, and Lucy Liu, and Chris Christopherson as the man that ran the business into the ground by not paying a mere $70,000. Learned wow. his lesson. Yes, right. <laughs> I never Good saw that pick. one. Uh, that yeah. was uh, Brian Helgeland. Was that a remake or was that? Uh, I, I don't know if it was a remake or not. But. It, it was. No, yeah, it was a remake. The, the original is not anywhere near as. As you know, I think is good at fast pace, but it, it's it's a it is a straightforward good um, kind of revenge flick where he yeah. he is he has, he does the job with the guy that goes into the mob. He, they get they do the job for one hundred thirty thousand dollars. Mel Gibson plays a driver, so he's a, he's a getaway driver for they're going to rob. I think they robbed a bank. I don't remember what they robbed, but they gotcha. robbed something. And so then he, what happens is his partner they're going to the drop off point. His partner turns on him, shoots him, leaves him for dead, and then takes all the money. And so then he gets you know then he wakes up. Uh, you know, come, you know, recovers, then, you know, comes to decides that he wants to then uh, get his money back, figures out what's going on, decides he wants to, you know, go and get his money back. And he keeps asking for $70,000 back. And the first guy won't give it to him. The guy that stole it won't give it to him. And then he starts going up the chain of the mob organization. And at each turn, they won't give it to him. And they keep one of the running gags of the whole thing is they keep on saying I, that all of this is over $130,000. And, and Mel Gibson keeps correcting him $70,000. I don't want, you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it, but it's, it is a pretty interesting straight movie and it has you know a few twists and turns not only with the revenge plot but then there's also some corrupt cops that are kind of getting in the way and so he has to do some manipulations to get there so it's, it's definitely worth watching oh yeah yeah it was point blank the john borman film that was the original take on it which is yeah it's a little okay. different cool all right, all right rob now everyone knows i usually try to have a theme of my three oh, picks right i failed You'll see uh, my my second and third picks have a theme. This one I just couldn't find a pick. I couldn't find anything else for, to fit this. So what did I go with this one? I went with the sordid tale of a megalomaniac corporation run amok, burned into the ground. What am I talking about? New Detroit, the 1987 American science fiction classic RoboCop, the tale <laughs> of the Omni Consumer Products Company, mm -hmm. OCP, and their horrible devastation of the people of New Detroit. <laughs> 
Old Detroit? Detroit? I forget. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I never saw There's the sequel. Is is it still OCP or is it a whole new oh, company? You never saw RoboCop 2? No, I heard bad things, so I never bothered. Well, it, Ocean, did you see RoboCop 2? <laughs> yes, I saw RoboCop 2. <laughs> if I had to pick one word for that movie, deranged. You have to see it because you can tell they just said, okay, we're going to try and do RoboCop. How do we up? How do we up the gratuitousness of everything? And they just went nuts. Like literally, <laughs> this is not giving anything away because there's no spoilers here. The main guy is the, is a, they basically take his brain and eyes out right. of him and put it into the new monster. That's what I it's heard. Right. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. Drugs. Ed, oh, no, it's everything. Just watch sh- the original. I, sh- I should watch the sequel just so I can say I've seen oh, it. Oh, no, you should. Yeah. And you'll just go, what is this? Oh, and I think he, fly, no, he, fly, he doesn't fly to the third one. And let's not speak right, of that. I forgot that was even the third one. Oh, my three. gosh. Oh, the third one has a mechanic, mechanical ninjas <laughs> wow. in it and everything and flying and everything. It's crazy. They just, basically, they, you know, read Frank Miller's treatment on Robocop yes. versus Terminator <laughs> and said, we're just going to throw pieces of this into the, into a movie. You know, with, uh, you know, ignore the whole story. Just take little elements I of it. I didn't even yeah, the, know. When the mechanical ninjas showed up, that was, that was one no, of the No, the third one is. No. I, yeah, I stood up in the theater and started applauding. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds. Uh, I, I I'll have to put RoboCop two on the list. Maybe RoboCop three. We'll see. Um, all right. So jumping back into this, though, I you know I didn't realize it, but I guess I did end up with with somewhat of a theme here. Uh, after Jurassic Park, another opportunity for for humans to exploit big animals. In this particular case, it's King Kong, the original from oh. 1933. That's a oh. terrible business. Let's bring him to the states, and we will uh, use him as a new show and, re- and get a whole bunch of money from people who come who pay to watch him. And it works great for you know the first half of the first act when uh, King Kong ends up escaping and of course uh, running rampant around New York City before he's finally uh, killed because of the love of a woman well played <laughs> there you go King Kong 1933 very nice yeah <laughs> all right Ocean number two for you I attempted a theme that I was able to sort of get there with the first two movies and I, I failed miserably on the third I saw there are instances where two mob bosses are better than one and this is not one of those times so you have a pair of mob bosses that have partnered together to run all of the illegal enterprises in New York City because that's what mob bosses do um, and then now they are mistrusting of each other and, and that mistrust threat their criminal enterprise. And one day a young, unassuming man enters their lives, plays their mistrust against each other to ruin their business and ultimately take their lives. Um, and so this may seem like a regular hostile takeover, but it is a failure on the part of the mob bosses for killing this man's father. And that is in Lucky Number Slutter. Uh-huh. Sorry, uh, Josh Hartnett and Bruce Willis and Lucy Liu, who is in a lot of mob movies, yes. it seems. Uh, <laughs> Sir Ben Kingsley and Morgan Freeman. And it's a really great, interesting movie with a lot of twists and turns. That was a really great movie. I remember watching it in the theater and going, wow, that totally was not what I was expecting. So uh, great pick on that one. Well, I forget how good that cast is, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. From top to bottom. All right, Rob, number two for you. Okay, so my theme was going to be made-for-television movies. There was two parts, made-for-television movies and movies that aren't necessarily about the companies didn't fail flat. They just a moment in their history where they had a big tanking. And you're going to say, wait, seriously, you're going to try and thread that needle. Hold on. My second movie is the 1999 
made-for-television biographical drama about the story of the personal computer. Noah Wiley plays Steve Jobs. Anthony Michael Hall plays Bill Gates. I'm talking about the Pirates of Silicon Valley. The reason why I think this is cool, right? Because the big story of this is, first of all, it just shows you like how, okay, great ideas can you know spring up in different places. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs had their their you know their associates, Steve Wozniak, Steve Ballmer, all this stuff was going on at the same time. But the thing I always find interesting about the this the story is is that you know here Steve Jobs is trying to fight this fight in his head. And it ends with the big Bill Gates image of Bill Gates, just like the Orwellian 1984 commercial, where his image is on the big screen and everyone's like, dude, do you understand what's happened? When when Microsoft basically put like one hundred and fifty million dollars in Apple to save their butts before they because they were pretty much near dead. And uh, I just just think it's a it's a very interesting. Is it is it true? Eh. <laughs> it's it's just it's a, one of those really fun movies to watch and i will say this if you really want to watch a movie about steve jobs this is the one to watch over let's not talk about the ashton kutchner experiment we're just going to forget that happened uh, i thought he did fine as, yeah, as I, jobs really the movie was okay but i, I the movie was okay he, yeah he, it, he did fine i think he, he did. did fine and then the um oh uh uh michael what's his name fastbender right fastbender uh which that one's good it just wasn't what i expected you know what I mean? Like the, the that that version of it was was obviously not what I thought. I like this one, Pirates of Silicon Valley, because it just it's got the 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 greater array of characters that you want to learn a little bit more about. So. I yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it's you know, he's Wiley is my favorite version of Jobs yes. that that has been depicted so far. I thought he did a great job. Great pick. Cool. Um. All right. Last round. I am uh, finishing. My uh, my run of uh, of big creatures <laughs> that that people decide <laughs> to use I love for it. for I, this was, I wasn't even intending this. I have a this list of awesome. like twenty movies, and I'm like, oh hey, if I do these three, um, this is a a, a creature that uh, a, a a man who lives in poverty uh, encounters uh, by happenstance and uh, realizes that he has exactly what it takes to to make this into something really big and popular and everybody loves it and in fact they hire him to star in a TV show about about his particular job and uh, he becomes uh, he's going to become big and famous and huge um, until he realizes exactly that the the this creature that he's uh, raising has uh, entirely other machinations uh, to take over the world. It is, of course, Little Shop of Horrors with the plant Audrey Two, <laughs> who is dead set on taking over, and uh, who succeeds if you watch the uh, director's cut, which is out uh, available uh, in a beautifully restored version. Um, and yeah, as the plants just grow and grow and grow and destroy the planet, basically fantastic movie i've always loved this film and of course seymour krelborn and his uh short-lived tv show does not get very far but uh man is this a fun movie and uh yeah and his his <laughs> his tv show uh, <laughs> career fails very hard uh because of it but uh, there you go my final pick okay great yeah. pick but the art of the introduction during this segment <laughs> Because <laughs> as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, death to Smoochie? What are we talking about here, right? Like, <laughs> and then you hit him, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, what am I thinking? 
Sorry. That was great. Uh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a fun one. All right, Ocean, uh, final pick. Well, I my theme went off the rails. I my original what I originally wanted to be my theme was mob movies that starred Lucy Liu, uh, <laughs> but I couldn't find a I couldn't find a third one. So I kept somewhat slightly with the theme where you know people doing something that are considered uh, villainous, but they are brought down. So, and in addition to that, I'd never wanted to pass up on a chance to talk about a comic book movie. So. Mm. I I'm my third choice is Avengers Endgame, and and, th- and this is why because huh. I view Infinity War and, and Thanos as he is a mature environmentalist looking to solve the problems <laughs> of overpopulation oh, on a universal scale, <laughs> and so he starts out by acquiring g- gems, but let's call them companies, and that will help him achieve his goal. Wow. And after making several sacrifices and warding off other companies that would stop him, he finally achieves success, and he can sit and bask in the warmth of, of, of a grateful nature, a grateful universe. But then, a small group takes a little-known startup called the Avengers and utilizes a rarely used strategy to bring down everything that he had built. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. They're the, you know, they always say the villain is the hero of their own story. And, and, and Thanos is the hero of Avengers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. wow. I love it. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, that was... Gr- oh. All right, was Rob. Fantastic. What's your final pick? Okay, so this is weird. Okay, so my theme again was television movies but also a business that has a big screw up, but they recover. When I got my HBO max, when HBO max launched the first thing I watched, because I have watched this maybe 15 times is a 1996 television film directed by Betty Thomas called the late shift. It stars uh, John Michael Higgins as David Letterman and Daniel Roebuck as Jay Leno has Kathy Bates in it, a whole bunch of great people, Rich Little's in it. It's the story of what happened when NBC screwed over Dave Letterman mm. for when Johnny Carson was <laughs> leaving. Was great. And I got to tell great you, if pick. you've never seen this, I mean, yeah, it's it's 90s it's a 90s TV movie, but the performances are it's not that they're amazing, they're just incredible caricatures. And you watch it and you're so drawn into it. It's just incredible what a crapshoot it was. The things that were happening, and again, is it true? It's it's exaggerated what actually happened. But anybody who's been a fan of Late Night over the last 30 years, you remember this. NBC kind of does it again with Conan O'Brien how many years later, right? Yeah, Where they right? just totally mess things up. Oh, that was worse. It's But you'll just not believe how entertaining this movie is. And I just absolutely love it. And come on, NBC. I mean, hopefully they've learned their lesson, but I don't know. No, that, that that is a great pick. I really did enjoy that movie. And I choose to believe that Jay Leno did hide in the closet. Oh and yeah. Listen to the listen to those meetings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I believe I believe that Jay he did do all that uh, scratching and biting and clawing to get there. Um but yeah, and then the, the, you're right, the characters are perfect. Rich Little's impression of Johnny Carson is is, is perfect. And then uh, also while I do not remember the names of the main characters, the, after you know, probably about thirty minutes in that you forget that you're not actually yes. looking at David Letterman and Jay Leno. They did, they did an amazing job of disappearing into the characters. And the- well, and wow. the casting on that is crazy because like Ed Begley Jr. is playing Rod Perth. They, I mean, they're, they're look almost exactly alike. So you can actually pull that off. Uh, Bob uh, Balaban plays Warren Little- Littlefield, who is spot on. Uh, you've got Treat Williams in it. Uh, you've got just 
seriously, it is just, it's an amazing cast. Uh, Stephen Gilborn, who I absolutely loved as a character actor, huge in TV uh, in the 70s and 80s, 80s uh, was fantastic in it. You just, it's incredible. If you have any interest in the entertainment industry at all, you have to watch it. Nice. I need to check that one out. Is it available? Is it easy to watch these days? Well, HBO Max, because uh, it was an HBO. It was, it was HBO. produced by HBO. Sure, sure. So it is. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, there it is. That's the list. We got some good stuff, guys. Any uh, any other ones you want to call out real quick as as backups, or are you pretty happy with everything you threw out there? Um, arbitrage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, the, the, yeah, the only the only real backup I had, just in case, was Return of the Jedi. Because the Empire runs the yes. entire galaxy yes. far, far away, and then they repeat the original epic failure by making a star a Death Star with the exact same weakness. <laughs> so funny! So, I put that amazing. down too. Oh, that's fantastic. I had way too many. I, I'm not even going to bother reading all of them. I, I had like I came up with like twenty some things. I'm just like, oh my god, just they just well, keep well, floating. What are a couple of the ones? You well, had? Had some animated ones, Ratatouille. The failing restaurant that we have oh, at the end, oh, and of nice. course, Wally. I mean, that's a big you know, oh, yeah. failing thing. Um, duplicity with the the failing uh, battling of the two uh, companies, and then of course, Margin Call and the Big Short. Those two. Um, I put Titanic because that's you know that that's a pretty big uh, failure right there. Yeah. Um, and Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I think that was a that was a, a good one about. It's more of a, a failing business because the way things are shifting, and it's it, you know the company's getting taken over and. So all new management people are getting fired but um yeah lots of good stuff uh, and i contemplated her but i was trying to remember because i feel like do you guys did you guys see her I, I did not i did and i just can't remember but scarlett johansson is the right. the the uh ai, AI right. and at the end i mean she kind of leaves him for uh, not to spoil it but you know goes off on her own it's kind of like the end as my recollection is it's kind of the end of that whole uh, company, but maybe I'm wrong. But. Does she become? Does she become Siri? Because Siri gets really angry if you ask Siri if she is her. <laughs> That's funny. So. That is funny. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? Like I said, we are at the end of the hiatus. So that means that Friday, we're, we're kicking off the Friday franchise coming up. Um, Ice Cube and his uh, trilogy. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like we're going to get the the fourth film, but you never know. It's possible. But right now we do, we're covering the three Friday films. So what are we going to put on the list for next week? I feel like movies that start memes seems like a great one uh, to throw on the list. I just don't know if it's really too hard to put out there. But the by Felicia thing, man, I tell you, that thing took off. I mean, I feel so like I feel like pot comedies we could always throw on there or stoner sure. comedies. Um, it's it's the big one that people probably won't vote for if we're trying to push them into something else. So we could certainly throw it on there just as kind of uh, the easy out, you know. Is uh, is uh, Friday the thirteenth out? <laughs> other friday <laughs> other date related movies <laughs> other other friday related movies no <laughs> movies with friday in the title no oh man yeah uh, i think that limits yeah. it or, or, or uh, movies where the whole thing takes place in one day oh uh it's, let's see does the whole thing take i feel like it's over the course of because that we do have the think, yeah it is right 
Is it, isn't I know, with Friday? I don't remember the, the the sequel, but I thought Friday the whole movie takes it goes, place. It, well, it goes into the next morning at the very end, but I mean the bulk of it. Okay. Yeah, the bulk of it is because by the time you get to the end, um, when Big Worm comes by and he's got the fight. Uh. Uh, all of that is at night on that same day. So yeah, movies that take place in one day, sure. Okay. All right. Stoner comedies, movies that take place in one day. I don't know. I'm sold on this meme thing. I just don't know how hard yeah. it's going to no, be. No, the meme thing is great. No, that's Should we just really do good. it? Yeah. Use the meme. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay. Movies Easy. that movies that uh, um, that created memes or memes came yeah, from the started meme? started memes like started meme yeah. yeah okay we'll put that out there that's a tricky one but uh we're not on the show next week so it's <laughs> cool somebody else somebody else is gonna have to deal with it well it was great chatting with you guys uh absolutely. fun a lot of fun yeah, stuff absolutely. to talk about tonight or to this morning i should say this is Saturday this morning, morning right can i do a shameless plug for yes. marvel movie minute do a shameless plug yeah what's going Absolutely. on over there last okay so last week if you've been up and again hey just because you say oh wait i'm behind or what's the marvel movie minute you can start anytime you're this this is a living breathing thing that will continue for eternity just start with episode 001 you'll be good um last week we did uh i think some crazy stuff we went into uh, psychological studies uh, i think we have an episode uh called oedipus schmedipus <laughs> whatever your issues are with your parental units i'll leave that to you nice. uh, we had an amazing idea in yesterday's episode about a and let me tell you this we just said this disney plus overlords listen that's the title we have a story for you Ooh. I'm not even going to tell you anything more about it. You, If All you're right. from Disney Plus, if you're listening, or if you're not, listen to that episode, contact Disney Plus, say, this is it. These guys got it. Make this story. Uh, if that's not overhyped. Uh, next week, <laughs> next week we've got uh, Monday's title. I have to promo this. The title of, of Minute 86 episode is Consent and Footsie. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'm really curious that, about that particular. Take that for what you will. Minute 86. What happened in the Incredible Hulk in minute 86 where they're playing footsie? Footsie. Well, you'll have to listen and tune in. We say goodbye to Mr. Roth and Mr. Nelson, their, oh. their appearances in the film. And, and then we're and then Kyle's got a very interesting uh, three-part episode of Delta Four, a movie within a movie. Oh, interesting. It's amazing interesting. stuff going on. Definitely check it out. Lots and of we're fun. doing a whole promotion next week of hashtag five stars for spar. Major spar meets an untimely demise. I have to counsel Kyle because Kyle got very upset over the whole thing. Because I don't know if you know, yeah. he has a thing for major spar, and but, and we love her, and we're in contact. We want to be in contact with her because we want to talk to that actress. But you know, we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Tune right, in. nice. Huh. And just as another plug, the you can also listen to the all of these episodes that have been released so far over on Instagram. It is on the Instagram TV. We have all the episodes so far there in the in the series for season two. You can check out if you're uh, jumping into Instagram, just head on over. You can check out the show there. Awesome. All right, gents. Well, that's it. So signing off, make sure if you're interested in uh, following uh, or learning more about us, you can go to the nextreel.com slash Patreon, where you can learn about becoming a member of us, uh, of the group. You can jump over to our Discord chat group and you can join in the conversation there. You can vote on the the uh, the lists that we're uh, putting forth. You can um, see what sort of merch we have, all that good stuff. So over at the nextreel.com, check it out. And uh, that's it. So Rob, it's been a pleasure. It has. Thank you very much. And Ocean, it's always great talking to you.
always great talking to you, Gabe. Everybody have a great week. Same to you. All right, everybody signing off. Have a great rest of your Saturday. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.